Thanks everybody for tuning in. We are here live at RSA with Kayla and we've had a, a bit of a uh, calendar mishap. So we've had to switch our guests around. Unfortunately, uh, Sonal and Bryson are both accounted for at this time right now. <laughs> luckily Just enough, <laughs> luckily enough in an in a emergency, we have Dr. Chaz here. Happy to fill here. in. Uh, so, so Chaz, obviously you know Kayla and I. I do. Uh, we all worked together yeah. in the past. Yep. Yes. Uh, love for our viewers to just get a quick introduction to you, your background, yeah. and, and then we'll introduce the topic and really start having a conversation that people might enjoy. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I have my background is I uh, did a PhD in uh, computer security um, where I focused on uh, work that was at the intersection of kind of data science, networking, machine learning, security. So, uh, you know, my background kind of is a lot of uh, looking at kind of internet scale kind of vulnerabilities and emerging threats. Uh, and kind of have brought that with me subsequently from like managing students to managing teams of like researchers in the industry setting. Yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, obviously a very diverse set of topics. And I know today Kayla and I really planned on talking about big elephants in the room, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, vulnerability definitely goes in that, uh, you know, risk management, asset management. Yeah. There's there's a, a wide disparity of, of events that go into threats, threat modeling, and research. And I think one of the big things Kayla and I really wanted to talk about is, you know, the importance of pen testing. Yeah. So yeah. Kayla, I think, you know, when we when we were talking about the idea, obviously you and I have been through a couple iterations of pen testing. Yep. Uh, together in yes. our previous role, and you've obviously seen a lot more being in the executive management and leadership roles, whereas I've always been on the outside, right. obviously customer success focused. So bringing customer requests, customers understanding what you know a pen test is for us. Right. So really, I think one of the things that we should do, a lot of people hear the word pen test, uh, internally, we, we often tend to freak out. <laughs> yeah. Externally, we have to produce a report that our customers can consume. So at, at the base, uh, what is a what is a, a pen test? Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. And again, it's, it's kind of nice that you mentioned it's kind of a scary thing for a lot of people when they hear it. But the good news is like, it's really for your benefit. So the, the first thing to know is it's for your benefit, but it's also kind of like your opportunity to kind of have someone simulate what a real life attacker might do to your own infrastructure. Right. Uh, but have this come from a friendly source rather than somebody who you don't want you know, breaching this. So like, you'll have people that will come in and test a variety of different uh, parts of your, your infrastructure. Uh, and some of this could bridge the physical world. Uh, so there could be physical pen tests and there could be you know, pen tests that are focusing more on the software network side of things. And so yeah. they're going to come in and look for vulnerabilities in your infrastructure, whether it be physical, you know, software, network, like, and they're going to try to identify what those are in your own networks. They can produce a report telling you, here are the places where you're, you know, uh, you're potentially vulnerable and that somebody could come in and exploit that. And so really like, this is a thing that's good for you and it gives you just a kind of, if you don't know where to start, it gives you a base of like, here are things that I can easily address. Yeah, and I think, you know, looking at it through the lens of, of GRC and the customer impact, you know, when you have a pen test and you have one scheduled, there's a hesitation sometimes that you see in a company to be like, we're not going to give you the keys to our kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that's really, I think, a disadvantage yeah. because, to your point, it gives you a report of those potential areas of weakness so you can be proactive and address it. Yeah. And then, you know, not, not nothing's 100%, but you know, lower the likelihood 
of a vulnerability being exploited. Right. And you can make a decision around it as well. Yeah. Correct? I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, that's the great thing is that often with the pen test, they can come back with a list of, like, here are the high priority vulnerabilities and things so that you can actually use that to prioritize things that, like, I want to focus on the things that have the highest impact, or I want to focus on covering the the, the, the breadth of things that I can I can quickly address. Uh, because right. like some of the things that are high impact may be hard to actually go about patching and fixing, and you know some things may be easier, and they can help in the report kind of identify what those are, so that it gives you somewhere to start, so that you're not just you know trying to figure all this out yourself. Yep. And so it's helpful. And this is. Again, this is like one of those things that's a snapshot in time, where like they're going to come in, they're going to identify these things, and your environment may right. be changing, but this is at least a good starting point. Yeah, and I think that's exactly where we talk about pen testing and the GRC world's colliding. Um, you know, GRC looks at processes, risks, and controls, and you know, to your point, you might have a high impacting vulnerability that has mitigating controls. So on the surface, it looks like it's critical or high. Maybe it's not, maybe it's really a moderate and low, and you can best utilize your resources based on your own risk posture, what your executive management is going to want to risk accept or focus on. You can really prioritize based on your corporate objectives. Um, and then, you know, th things that I've experienced, uh, as I'm sure the both of you have as well, um, you know, there usually isn't enough people to operationalize those yeah. controls. And I think that's where kind of some of the research that you've been involved in and that you've seen hand, like you know firsthand um, around AI and ML. Yeah. And you know, could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I mean, I think, you know, right now this is a period of time where I think a lot of people are hearing a lot about AI and ML, <laughs> especially with like the large language models like, you know, GPT-3, GPT-4, ChatGPT, all these things leveraging these large language model. Yeah. Seems like everybody has their own LLM at this point. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of things that these bring to the table. Like one of these is like the unique ability to kind of summarize yeah. and kind of, you know, talk about uh, distill things into smaller kind of di more digestible piece of information and like this is maybe somewhere where like if you're not sure where to start with like you know a report from a pen test or something like this you could actually maybe feed one of these reports into one of these large language models and ask it to summarize it for you and it could maybe distill this down for you so now yeah. now you've gotten like a very deep view and now you you can maybe have it like summar summarize it for me like I'm five you know and like <laughs> you get that yeah. you know explain it to me like a fifth grader yeah. you know like uh, and I, I think that the audit purposes and the automation really help yeah. empower your field-facing teams. Yes. So, you know, oftentimes, like you said, we don't want to give everyone keys to the kingdom, right? We yep. don't, right. there's competitive yeah. advantage, there's competitive disadvantage, yeah. right? Things can be used against you in marketing resources and everything, but one of the most important things is that customer wants to know what's going to impact me, right. what's going yes. to impact my business operations, so I think using LLMs, because we don't have enough acronyms, right. um, <laughs> to reduce the language or the, the necessity of the information found yeah. within the report to deliver something both customer-facing or customer-friendly, I think it, one, it softens the delivery. It does, yeah. And I think that it kind of takes the, the pressure off the delivery team and the internal team to either immediately patch things that, like, like you said, might right. not be the most critical, they just might be the most apparent. Right. And it, it allows us to strategize and to get direction from the executive management team with input from <laughs> you know, security uh, and base that on our controls and our coverages to really produce or you know deliver something that 
customers aren't just going to dismiss. Right. Right. I yeah. think that oftentimes, especially internally, we'll go back and we'll say, hey, we got this pen test report. Yeah. Let's focus on the top five criticals. Are they customer impacting? Are they, you know, are they compromisable? Um, what is vulnerable? Right. And how do we discuss that openly? Whereas now, if we're using automation and LLMs to reduce that language, it becomes a much more natural conversation. It does, yeah. And I, I think the other interesting thing here is like, there's that idea of like, you get vulnerabilities. Now you, what do I do with them, right? Uh, and so this is a, a case where now you can maybe leverage the fact that these, these, these models have been trained on a corpus that's the internet, and so they have a lot of information about how do I deal with certain types of vulnerabilities on the internet? So you can ask them like, hey, I, I need some security policies around this to be more proactive in the future so that I don't have more vulnerabilities like this. And you can maybe use that as a, a starting point to suggest what are security policies that could help protect me in the future? Yes. Uh, and use them as a, as a, from going from like, just the raw kind of vulnerabilities to policies that might help you protect you in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel as, as as a CISO and also you know wearing that GRC risk security <laughs> risk hat, so many people say stay away from ChatGPT. It's you know it's dangerous. Don't put co corporate secrets out there. Yeah. So how do you reconcile that when it comes to things like this, where it's vulnerability management, pen right. test findings, you know, the dreaded Log4j? You know, <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone's asked about Log4j and ChatGPT. If you haven't. It's fun. <laughs> um, so, you know, would you say it's something that that maybe security teams should embrace? Is this move to AI ML yeah. for these types of use cases? Um, and if so, you know, what's the parameters around that when it comes to secrets management and, and the keys to the yeah. kingdom? I think that's a great question because I think this is one of those things where, like with a lot of kind of new, useful. You know, technologies. There are also kind of all these unintended consequences, right? That usually come here. And like in the early days, early adopters are going to, you know, incur a lot of those kind of unintended consequences yep. because they're trying to be early adopters. And I think, you know, we've seen some of the privacy concerns around like what happens when you start to share things with yes. these large language models pop up. You know, we've seen this with uh, Samsung was releasing. You know, uh, where they had in internal engineers using it to ask it questions about. Uh, Products they were developing internally, and so there was proprietary stuff that was getting leaked to the language models. Uh, and while that data, you know, gets used to refine that model for a given session, we don't really know what happens with it after that, right? So, you know, you've asked questions, giving it maybe specifications for products, and it's giving you, you know, feedback back. We don't know whether that's ever going to get incorporated back into the larger model. In which case, right. everybody can ask, and now they're going to have maybe information about this proprietary thing you were building that is really useful and they're going to get that in their feedback in the future. So that's something that you, I, you definitely need to be considerate mm -hmm. of is, you know, is what I'm, is what I'm giving to this large language model something where if it got out, it would hurt the proprietary kind of knowledge that I have around my company yeah. or leak potentially sensitive information. Right. I think uh, another thing that I hadn't thought of up until now, speaking of elephants in the room is, <laughs> One of the key things you said is proprietary information, but we never classify exactly what proprietary information right. is. Yeah. Environmental variables are proprietary information. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're feeding uh, an LLM, your environmental variables, I'm running this operating system yeah. on this release with these security patches, or yeah. I have this security tool installed and I'm running into this error, yeah. right? So now you're feeding an LLM, 
your exact environment variables, the exact security stack yeah. you're running, and the issues you're running into. So, I mean, to your point, it could be used in a in an offensive way to gain a foothold if that data was ever reincorporated right. back mm -hmm. into the feedback. Yeah, you could see that there's now a mapping of, you know, we see in financial institutions, <laughs> this is a, what a typical infrastructure looks like, and now right. we're empowering, you know, not just. Um, the people trying to protect us, but the people that are trying to attack us, we're empowering them to understand footprint on a much larger scale right. with a lot less effort. It, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you're also trusting this data to the data protection of a third party that you're giving it to. And if you don't yes. know what that is, then like, you know, even if the model itself doesn't leak it, that underlying raw data is now in, in somebody else's control. So if that was uh, any sort of customer data, you know, clearly that's maybe you know going to violate a lot of different policies. Yes. Uh, and you know, again, like you've also leaked a pen, pen testing report potentially to somebody, <laughs> and that means that now if an attacker were to grab that, they now have a full report of where all your vulnerabilities are. And right. depending on how good you are at patching them, they might be very vulnerable. Yes, no, that's a really good point. <laughs> and and that's I think where risk management again comes into play. And you, According to a SANS survey from 2021, uh, only 29% of organizations have automated 70% of more of their security you know, controls. Yeah. So. That's less than a third, by the way. Thank you. Should we call you yeah. Dr. Dr. Taylor? Dr. Taylor. <laughs> Dr. Taylor. <laughs> Mathematician. Mathematician. <laughs> Thank but, you. No, seriously. No, it's, like, yeah, that no, you're is right. less than a third. Doing yeah. only up to 70% or more. Like, you know, there's still a gap. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's bad. So, so we're talking about being very careful with the information that we're putting into um, you know, these, these large language models, trying not to use the acronyms. Um, we're talking about privacy risk here. We're talking about pen testing, which exposes vulnerabilities that are, that are there that are risks in and of themselves. So you know, where could AI ML step in for that? Like, should these companies be automating more of their processes? And then, because that will fix, right, from a GRC PAT perspective, that's going to close findings that's going to reduce the likelihood, not necessarily the impact, but the right. likelihood of a potential vulnerability being exploited. So, so where, where does that come in? So I think one of the benefits that we get with AI is the fact that like, when you think about pen testing, you think about this as something that will happen on a periodic basis, but it's not yeah. a continuous thing because you're having a team come in and do it and usually there's, that's humans and human effort, right? right. So the question is, are there places where in, you know, we can augment having a human do this and maybe kind of do these tests continuously using some of the benefits of AI. So, you know, one one place where you you know you might typically not have traditionally thought of having a computer uh, do this type of work is like social engineering, right? Where like we typically think that's going to require a human mind to do that. They're going to have to like you know do some deep dives on information about a company and you know reach out to you know, potential targets and kind of harvest that back and get it. Well, now this is something where like, you've seen how good the chatbots have gotten and they now have access to information about a company. So now they have a good corpus of knowledge to start asking the right questions and automating some of this social engineering via email or, you know, even with, you know, some of the advent of like how good voice is, like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. using deep fakes. deep fakes, you know, we can we can start to maybe automate some of this thing so you now have continuous tests of this to constantly see how your, uh, you know, your, your workforce is handling this kind of social engineering. And that could be like a case where we're moving from like having this be like something that's periodically happening 
to continually happening and we can start to automate away more of the things that were hard to do in the past. Yeah, so taking those repetitive tasks, like mm -hmm. those controls that someone's sitting there pushing a button. Right. Automate that, make sure that that likelihood of a misstep or missing, you know, that that button yeah. push, um, so it like it like reduces again the likelihood of something right. going wrong. I think that's fantastic. You know, as as someone in the security field, you know, every, AI ML this year that's the buzz word this year. Last year it was zero trust. This year it's it's you know walking around RSA. It's what you see everywhere. Um, so clearly this is something that we have to start paying attention to. And yeah. you hear both sides, right? Don't do it. Stay away from right. it. Privacy law, which is very valid, but then there's also this use case where, especially where it comes to pen testing and, and controls and process management, right. where it could really come in handy and start to free up your teams to do more creative things to focus on the real risks that right. we're seeing that you know you can't automate something that's too complex to right. that are that relies you to your point that relies on the human aspect um, and that to me is almost like a new frontier to add to the complexity of technology that we have today yeah and I and I there is that kind of uh, you know play of like there's probably a middle ground where it's like don't avoid it completely, but like you know don't just wholeheartedly embrace everything right, right. now. Uh, you know we're we're very early days in terms of like what this kind of looks like, uh, and you know I think there are some developments like from uh, Meta, you you have one of the the large language models uh, Llama that has been shown to be you could run this like yeah. on a laptop, right? So like this is the case where you could move from like relying on a third party to do this, by actually moving and like running it on prem so you have fewer of those considerations right. about privacy, but you're still getting the benefits of like what the models can do. Yes. And you can maybe fine tune those to the task that you want to perform. But like yeah. you know there probably is a middle ground like if you don't you don't have the you're not willing to entrust that data to a third party or you, you don't have a third party you can't trust or they don't have the right controls that meet the regulatory compliance you need to use them, maybe moving it in house is an option, or yeah. you know, in the future maybe there will be versions of these that you know kind of sit kind of like even with the cloud, you know, you have GovCloud and stuff like that that you know have different you know uh, controls in place to satisfy you know, different legislation and like that's those are things that like we just don't have in this space right now. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I mean I think I've got you know two really main focal points around that right now. So one, if I'm logged into an LLM and it tells me it has $50,000 waiting for me. I'm definitely clicking that link because I can trust it, right? It's right. AI. Yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, no, I think one of, one of the things that whenever you talk about pen testing, I know this kind of, this is one of those conversations that we never really talk about. Again, it's one of those elephants in the room. It's the ethics of a pen test, right? right? Yeah. And if we're relying on AI and ML, and we're talking about ethics-bound pen testing, or should pen testing be ethics-bound? Right. right. Because at the end of the day, depending on the SaaS application or depending on you know what your company is mm -hmm. executing, there could be a lot of sensitive data. Yeah. Where, and I think you hit it a little bit that there's a middle ground. But as a pen test company, should there be an ethics obligation? Depending on, I guess, whether the pen test is scoped or unscoped, and yeah. and what does that balance look like? <laughs> Well, that's a great question. It's a really, I hadn't even considered the ethical consideration of like, the pin test here either. And this yeah. is, it's funny too, because like this, you know, especially when you're incorporating these other new technologies, you know, like uh, there was, you know, prompt injection has been one of those kind of things that's been talked about a lot. And you have, uh, you know, safeguards in some of these models to try to prevent it from going off the rails. But like, 
there have been, you know, every time they create a new safeguard, there's a new thing to make it go off the rails again. And it's like, <laughs> yes. even if I could inject ethical rules in here, would it even abide by them? Right. Uh, and it's right. kind of hard to know. It's a black box um, right. at the end of the day. That might be something you need to look into. Yeah. Have some research. Yeah. You, this, can credit, you can credit us on that, yeah. that, yeah. that coming this, up that, with that one. This seems like a good new, <laughs> new research direction right here. I, I like that, though. That's very, that's interesting. Well, yeah, it, it's the, like the parameters and the boundaries. Yeah. And would it make the right decision if it found something what is the logic behind there? Because from a like a that GRC perspective, I want to dig in. If I see something, yeah. my brain always says, keep asking questions. Yes. Don't stop. And and that's like the internal auditor as well, external auditor, where you see something and you just want to keep you know, scratching away at it until you understand the full picture. I think the, you know those like pieces of paper that we used to have when we were kids that were black and you had the pen that would like be a rainbow <laughs> yeah, underneath it. Away. Yes, 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 that's exactly that's how my brain works. Yeah, I was thinking lottery ticket. That too. <laughs> the scratch off. You're like that's where your mind went. Okay, I like it. I love fine. It. You think I think about rainbows and colors and you think about money. I get it. Okay. <laughs> Someone has to. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. But but it's a really good a good thing because. If, it's, if I'm the one setting up the parameters and the ethics, mm -hmm. it's going to be very different from an engineer who's going to be setting that up, right. or a product person. Or a customer. Or a customer, yeah. correct, right? And, and understanding, yeah. is that going to now breed a new type of pen test now yeah. that you have this, this, this technology at your hands? Right. And, and I mean, I think also with that, I mean, does that change the cadence of your pen testing, does that change the cadence of your vulnerability scanning? Yeah. Well then, um, couldn't it then just be a continuous pen test? Are you constantly going to be under the, this, the parameters of someone's done something, the AI picks up on it and looks at those controls, is that still a pen test? Is, or is that, is that vulnerability management? Where, where does yeah. that line become blurred if it does? I, I, I mean, for me, <laughs> I, I, I grew up under you know, the saying, always assume breach. Yeah. Right? Yes. So what's the difference between always assuming pen test and always <laughs> assuming breach? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's it's 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 kind of an interesting like a lot of interesting things to think about here because it's one now like maybe with some of these, you know, where we we're starting to see, you know, and these are wildly different areas, but like you're seeing people like try to capture the essence of like what an artist looks like. Right? Like yeah. let's remove the artist and say like be a nation state for me. Like, <laughs> attack me, attack me like, like you know, and pick your pick your favorite, you know, ridiculous uh, cybersecurity name for an attack group. You know, charming kitten or something like. You know, <laughs> be charming kitten and attack me. Like, and you know, like this is maybe now something where like, you know, as we have reports that are coming about about the the TTPs and things like techniques, tactics, procedures for lack of more acronyms. <laughs> we don't need to litter them all in here. But you know that is one of those cases where maybe now, like, you know, you really are at that point. If you're having somebody simulate simulate attacks, you like it is one of these nation states. That kind of feels like a pin test, it, like, yeah. right? It does, yeah. uh, it, and it goes back that now, I think, if you're able to do that and you're able to do that in the right way, I think that the SAN statistics now grow. Right, yeah. you have a lot more people reporting. But also, the second half of that, right, yeah. is we go back to the balance of 
what is the LLM going to learn? Exactly, yeah. And how is it going to learn how to respond? Yeah. Is it going to well, start reacting daily? But can you trust the responses that you're getting? That's the other side of that coin too. Yeah. Right, because I mean, you've done research around ChatGPT yeah. and some of the, um, the responses to the questions are not accurate because they're time bound right. as, one, as one variable, yeah. but also garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, well you've got the, the time bound aspect and then like, you know, what I think is kind of become popularly a term like hallucinations of like, they're kind of <laughs> stating things very confidently that are very wrong. <laughs> they're, yes. they're very good liars. <laughs> you mean <laughs> I'm not one of Forbes 50 top cybersecurity people? You know, they, sometimes they get it right, but, oh. <laughs> but not always. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I was happy. You know, we really, you know, roller coaster there. We want to keep that it was, just. That was great. Did, full, full circle. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you, the, the, there is that question of like, can you trust the results that are coming out of it? And this is the case now where they really kind of, I think, lend themselves to kind of a human in the loop. Right, right, where you, there's somebody that, you know, hopefully, maybe not just any human, but like an expert human in the loop, where like, it's reducing the amount of work that somebody has to do, yeah. but like, you know, you still can't trust them fully right now, and we, it's yes. not clear when that will be. Well, just like any pen test, yeah. you know, when we get pen test draft reports back, we always say, show us the evidence right. that you've done this, like, yeah. so we can, you know, go through those steps and try to replicate it ourselves. Right. So I think regardless of what comes out, you're going to go back and confirm, right. to verify, right? Like trust but verify. Or refute. Or refute. Or refute. <laughs> Refuting, yes, Re okay, yes, or refute. But then that's your opportunity to identify your mitigating controls, if there are any, and that's the, again, risk management coming in, accepting the risk of not being able to have you know, the resources to do something. Right. Um, is it within your appetite of your organization? What are you going to focus on, as we mentioned earlier? Um, you know, it really starts to, I think, breed the conversation and help to enhance the security culture of your organization. So I think, you know, th this, this conversation around the, uh, the benefits of AI and ML and pen testing and from a risk and like security uh, risk and compliance perspective, I, I'm all for it. Yeah. Ethically speaking, it could have its issues, which, you know, Chaz, I look forward to you writing a paper about this yeah. and giving me giving me some you know statistics that yes. I can use in, the, in future uh, in future pen tests. But you know, I think it's great. I think that's something that you know there should be research on. There yeah. should be more um, more positive spin around the relationship of security yeah. and AI ML. Yeah, and I think sure. this is this is one of those cases where like you know, you can use it to help augment a lot of the things that we currently struggle with, because, you know, the truth of the matter, at the end of the day, there aren't enough security, you know, uh, people out there to do all the, the things that need, need to be done, and if yes. there are ways that we can automate or augment some of those folks to like, right. it's not going to replace them, but it's going to maybe help them, you know, level up and be more effective. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's, that's useful, and like having things continuously done, that requires automation and things like that. Right. And there's some things that are harder to automate, and this is where like, you know, AI might, AI might come into to play. Yeah. I think that's great, I, I do. And I think that we've we've obviously touched the roller coaster yeah. of emotions <laughs> um, in this conversation and roles and responsibilities. But at the end of the day, I think, I think ultimately it comes down to, people are asking for the reports. Right. Internally yes. and externally. Yeah. Um, if you're a private company or if you have, you know, a VC behind you, they want to know. Yeah. They want to understand their investment. Mm -hmm. They want to understand the risk. 
Yeah. Uh, I think as security stakeholders, we want to know right what can we do, what can we what can we be doing better. Yeah. Um, how are we impacting this? How are we mitigating this? Yeah. So now I guess the the ultimate question is we we talked a lot about pen testing, but is pen testing enough? Or should yeah. as practitioners should we be doing more? Should we be researching more? Should we not necessarily invest in more tools, but invest more in well, process, procedure, yeah. and review. Exactly. And, and that's the, and I think that's the, the important thing is like, pen testing alone isn't enough. It's going to identify the vulnerabilities, but this still means that there's a huge avenue of like, what do we do on the defensive side? It's, this is, you know, offensive related. Right. So like, how do we actually defend ourselves once we, I know what we're vulnerable, you know, against? Like yeah. that's, that's where like, you know, patching and figuring all these things out and like, you know, having, having like a defensive strategy and having policies in place to help protect you against these threats in the future comes into play. And that requires like, you know, a willingness to be able to do that and some sort of agility with your organization to enable that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always have in my mind, you know, when I create a security framework, uh, I always think pivot being able to pivot, you know, I have like Ross in my head screaming from friends, pivot! Pivot, because, pivot! because you never know what you're going to find and you have to be able to stop and pivot your, your teams and be able to focus yeah. and be able to be agile enough to do that. Yeah. And I think if there's going to be an ability to have, um, you know, AI, ML, pen testing, you should be able to have the same technology on the flip side from a defensive, right. so, so is that something that's coming? being able to automate your, oh my gosh, I have a pen test vulnerability finding, whatever it might be here, oh, I don't have to worry about it. It's something that I already know how to address. I've built it in. It's just going to operationalize itself. And I, I think this is kind of one of the, op, like, this is like one of the, the opportunities we have to kind of make that better. Because I feel like the defensive side often kind of gets the short end of the stick from the security perspective. Yes. You know, everybody wants to talk I'll about agree. like breaking everything, <laughs> but nobody wants to talk about how we fix it. Uh, you know. Eh, Breaking's more fun sometimes, but like you know, the, the fix. The, the, yeah. But the fix thing's really important, and this is one of those cases where it's like, all right, I have the vulnerability. Can I have it like suggest remediations for me, uh, so that I make that easier to do? Can yeah. I, you know, have it like automatically generate policies, and you know, like that can be reviewed and maybe adopted, and you know, maybe actually apply those policies to to an organization, yeah. at least, you know, present yeah. those. So like, I do think that that defensive side is really important where we might, you know, have that opportunity with these going forward. Yeah, and having integrations with different technologies. So if a policy is is spun up, yeah. it, you know, it, you're gonna, your technology is going to learn from how you respond to those policies. Exactly. So then if something arises in the future, it'll make the decision on its own. Right. And, and apply those controls mm -hmm. uh, to, to mitigate that risk down a bit. Yeah. And I think that's kind of interesting because and how do you then quantify and qualify to an auditor that right. what has happened is enough. That, that piece there is yeah. really interesting to me because when I would go into an audit, you know, I'd say, show me. There's that scratch again, yes. So show me what you've done right. and prove to me that it's enough for me to go, right. got it. Um, and, and I think that's a really interesting thought exercise is how will this be addressed? Right. And I, I do think that, you know, there, there's probably an opportunity to have like, you know, this is where I think metrics sometimes come into play where it's like, you know, okay. it's, it's, it's nice sometimes to, to subjectively say, I think it got better or I, can, I have this, but like, if we have things that we're able to do continuously, like to continuously scan for certain things and kind of address those and we can have 
uh, mitigations put in place, we can maybe start to empirically look at how those mitigations are actually coming into play. Like, yeah. you know, if we had this many vulnerabilities before and we have, you know, automatic remediations happening, we can maybe, yeah. we should see reductions in like right. those things going forward. And right. that like helps make it a little bit more empirical in some ways. Some things are, it's hard to do empirically, but like there are, you know, probably some, you know, metrics that maybe even we can use these large language models to help us identify. Help yeah. me find metrics, you know? <laughs> <laughs> metrics is one of my favorite things because we always talk about KPIs. Yes. I prefer KRIs, key risk indicators. Yes. I feel like they're so underutilized mm -hmm. um, and I really feel this is an opportunity where you can see much more with AI you're gonna, and you're going to learn to, because like, you know, a key risk indicator is supposed to say, hey, something's going wrong. Right. Pay attention. This, you know, on a, like a red, amber, green scale, yeah. you're at amber. Yeah. Do something. Right. And the pen testing, <laughs> right. right. So, right. I, I don't know. I, I, I slightly disagree. I mean, okay. I think that there's, again, it goes back to environmental variables, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're, I'm not saying that we don't integrate. I 100% yeah. think we should integrate. I also think that pen test companies and vulnerability management companies yeah. should be a lot more closely aligned. Yeah. Not to yeah. say that they're at odds or anything yeah. like right. that. I just, I do see a direct correlation between pen testing reports mm -hmm. and vulnerabilities yeah. going hand in hand, right? They do, the, yeah. I mean, there's this thing called, you know, the NVD or the <laughs> yeah. National Vulnerability Database yeah. <laughs> that they kind of yes. classifies things yeah. for us. But I, I often know that the risk doesn't always outweigh the reward. Right. And right. sometimes when you have that automation or that intelligence yeah. to go and patch something that could disrupt customer flow, it could oh, disrupt operations, yeah. it could you know, bring down a service that a oh, customer's that's... relied on, mm -hmm. I don't know that there's any modeling, yeah. LLM or other base, that we yeah. can successfully rely on to subjugate and understand customer risk and quantify that in a way that it knows when, where, and how to patch without yeah. disrupting those. Well, I mean, I, that, that's like, I think you make a great point about like availability and stuff like that. Like that, that is, you know, one of the, the key like security principles in, in terms that, that people don't talk about, right? Like, you know, there's a, there was a paper a long time ago, the academic in me loves papers. Uh, <laughs> and there are there seven principles, like the Salter Schroeder principles, and right. like, that's one of them. Um, and it's like, this is one of those things where, you know, frequently we talk about like locking things down, but if things become less available as a byproduct of that, then we've kind of made things worse in a way. So like, that's another one where we can, we can measure things like availability and uptime and stuff like that and maybe incorporate those into the metrics that we look at. It's, not, it's imperfect, nothing's going to be perfect, but. Well, I was about to say, doesn't that then skew your metrics, which then skews your reporting, because sometimes metrics only tell the story we allow it to tell based on the availability True. of information. True. But, yeah. not, but metrics aren't meant to be static. Just like like pen testing mm -hmm. and vulnerability management, like your scope is going to change. Your, your metrics are going to change as your organization changes. Your appetite's going to change. If you are looking to do an acquisition of a company, you're going to accept more risk. So yeah. having a pen test come back with some moderate or low findings, you might be like, you know what? There's no highs and criticals. I accept that risk. But if you have now acquired that company and yeah. you're integrated into your systems, and all of a sudden you're going to look at that same pen test report through a different lens, yeah. and then the metrics are going to mean something different at that time. So I think it's all situational based yeah. around Ag that. Agreed. 
Let's agree to disagree again on many things that we agree yeah. to disagree about. No, it's just, I, I, you know, obviously gone through several uh, M&As. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful process. Uh, I suggest yeah. that everyone go through it. Uh, it's a I'm great sorry. Time. I think we sit on different sides at that table on that one. Um. Uh, but again, I mean, and, and obviously I'm in customer success, and customers love metrics. They do. Yeah. They yeah, love metrics. But I mean, even to the point of vulnerability reporting, those metrics are often misnomered because what system was available whenever you were doing your vulnerability scanning, yeah. right? Maybe that risk hadn't been introduced yet, yeah. which is why I do agree that it, there are a lot of things that should be continuous yeah. and scope should always change. Mm -hmm. And we should we should be a lot more agile uh, than we yeah, appear to be. Yeah. We, should, we should be pivot. pivoting. Pivoting, always, yeah. always pivoting. <laughs> but you know, like going back to kind of like the elephant in the room around like pen testing and like the GRC perspective on things. Like I obviously look at, as a CISO as well, like look at pen testing as a necessity. Right. But I like the thought of continuous pen testing. It's like right. we do continuous vulnerability scanning, right, exactly. right? I mean, a lot of companies do. Yeah. Um, and it's continuous pen testing and scratching, if you will. Um, I think it's really important because it makes for a better product. It makes for a better experience for your customers. If you're able to address something up front, you're not going to end up, you know, as the next headline, right? And no customer wants it. No company wants that from your brand, your brand perspective, your right. brand risk is huge. So I think, you know, from my perspective, the more we can integrate machine learning and AI into our environments responsibly and ethically, paper to come soon, um, you know, you're only going to benefit from it. And pen testing will become, it won't be a, a dirty word anymore, right? It won't be something that scares everybody because it's just going to become yeah. part of the process. It, I mean, it should have been a long time ago, obviously. Yeah. Let's be honest, it just hasn't gotten there yet. Now I think through AI and ML it will. And, you know, I would just love to understand like your final thoughts on this. You know, do you have any like reservations about this? Do you think this is revolutionary? I mean, I think it's this is it's one of those like tough things where you, you know it comes with like I think there are a lot of you know but there's a lot of potential and a lot of like things that could good that could come out of it. But it also kind of you know the with all that good, there's you know a lot of like negative things that could happen from it as well. So yeah. I think it's it's kind of a mixed bag where we're like. Impl like the actual implementation of it is going to be really that's the proof's in the pudding. Like right. there's a lot of like there's a lot of good possibility that we can do great things, but like yep. I think it's it's really going to come down to you know how the implementation actually happens. I, and and again like this is with anything in security, it's like we have a lot of great ideas, but sometimes they're not implemented or executed the best. And so it's this is one of those places right. for AI where I think it, there are a lot of things that we struggle with, and it can help us with those. Um, but like you know, we there are a lot of considerations that need to be that need to be well, done. Well, it's iterations, right? It is, it it's, is iterations. It's, it's, it's be, very much like ML. You have to learn from it and yeah. continue to make it better yourself too. Yeah, and I think so. Right. I think over time, right. it's going to get we'll get better and better and better at this. But I think you know there won't be any quick fixes or silver bullets in the near future. It's just yes. going to be you know a, 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 it's going to be a journey. Yeah. <laughs> I know we talk a lot about you know the implementation of things, yeah. right? There's three phases: there's crawl, there's walk, there's run. Yeah. Um, I think that we're not even to the crawl at this mm -hmm. point, right? I think that we've 
we've got the bright shining star and we're starting to scoot along yeah. our diaper yeah. um, towards that. Oh, we're not, that is we're, a very, we're not very descriptive picture. Love Thank the, you. Yeah. No, yeah. You, you can <laughs> see the baby. Yes, I can. You I can, can see, see the baby scooting along the bright. Yeah, yeah. I, I can absolutely see, I see the bright star. Yeah. Right? I, I see the positives. I do worry about the negatives. Yeah. I, I love the, the quick reaction, the implication <laughs> to be able to deliver something to a customer quickly yes. that's both human readable mm -hmm. and digestible, right. where it doesn't scare them, but also still keep that primary internal focus on mm -hmm. the language that we need to speak to right. our internal executive leadership or engineering yep. and research right. so that we're, we're focusing on the right things, we're setting the right KRIs, <laughs> and we're, right. we're maintaining that goal. So Kayla, I mean, I guess as, as a CISO, as executive leader, someone who's been in business decision making, when it comes to pen testing and GRC, what is the last thing that you want to say on why it's important? Ooh. It's important because it gives you the opportunity to be proactive. It, it, it identifies things that sometimes teams don't want to hear, Okay. but need to hear. And it gives you the transparency to make the business decisions because it's resources, it's right. people and it's money and it's time. AI and ML is going to disrupt this. You know, we're going to be able to learn about our environments to quickly pivot to a potential, <laughs> I love that, I'm sorry, I'm like so into this word now, and be able to um, address the findings that we have more quickly with human intervention to make sure that it's right until we start to iterate again and again yeah. and, and learn. Um, but you know, I think it's one of those those topics that, you know, do you trust your pen test company? Do you trust your GRC team and security team? And I think that's a bigger conversation around the culture of your organization because if you're contracting with someone to do a pen test or it's a continuous pen test through yeah. AI, you have to build in the parameters and the trust there. Right. And then you shouldn't be able to dispute the validity of the findings until you go back <laughs> and check them yourselves, right? You know, trust but verify, I think is one of those things that has been around for a really long time. And we are just in a really good place to put that into into like operations, right? I mean, right, we're, we're scooting along in, in, uh, <laughs> in, it's in the, a diaper. It's going to keep going. And, you know, we're going to keep going. going and the next technology is going to come <laughs> around and you know, maybe that's quantum computing. Right? Yeah. That's the next oh, one. That's yeah. a different that's a different that's a, podcast, but that's another risk that's coming. And you know, we're gonna have more iterations on things that and it's just gonna change and continue to evolve and get bigger. Yeah. So absolutely. it's it's like get on board now with pen testing, getting, you know, the the AI ML, trusting that it's right, verifying that mm -hmm. it's right. And then, you know, using your GRC team or your internal audit team if you don't have one, or just a security consultant to help you to operationalize the fixes based on your corporate priorities. That was an extremely long hot take. But it is extremely <laughs> long. I could keep going. It's, it's just one of those things. I'm, I'm energized. No, I'm pivoting. I'm pivoting. Pivoting. Um, so first, uh, you know, Kayla, uh, first lot, first episode, sitting beside each other. Yeah. Uh, thanks for meeting me here at yeah, RSA thanks. conference. Uh, a huge shout out to Marco and Sean for inviting yes, us to do this thank you. here at RSA conference. And then 
Speaking of pivoting, uh, Chaz. Chaz. Hey. Hey. Dr. Chaz. Dr. Chaz. Oh, happy to be here. Uh, really glad you were able to join us. Yeah. I think it was a great conversation. And I think we should probably do another one where you know we dive a little bit deeper, maybe into quantum or you know, threat research. Yeah. I, I think there's a slew of subjects we could go on and on hours and hours oh, about. Yeah. Uh, but for today, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up and, yes. and let's get back awesome. to the conference. And, Hopefully yeah. find some, some good food and drinks. Yeah. Oh, definitely while we're that, here. that for yes. sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone.